The views expressed in the following podcast are those of the hosts, and not necessarily those of our sponsors, Trek Radio, or Krypton Radio. For more information please visit StolenDroids.com, and then there will be cake. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 69. I'm Schmitty. I'm Stark. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. And uh, welcome to you. We've, we've gone through Comic-Con, so we actually have news this week, as opposed to last week. Well, we had news, but not a lot of news. <laughs> it's kind of surprising how it is. There's a lot more costumes than there is news out of Comic-Con. You know, I splitting Comic-Con into two different cons, one in L.A. and one in San Diego, and I'm like, I... Right? That'll lead to the Comic-Con Wars in 2015. <laughs> North versus South. <laughs> It'll be like a big rap battle. <laughs> All right. Shout out to our sponsors first off. Uh, our friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. Um, word to the wise, openbookaudio.com has been releasing a lot more uh, podcasts lately. So you should go over and check them out. A lot of fun. Um, we have more feedback. Cool. I love feedback. Also. We have letters. We have lots and lots of letters. You yeah. like us. We don't, actually. We have email. We have email, not letters. Um, first one is a follow-up from Mike. Mike asked questions last week. Um, thanks for answering the qu- Thanks for your answers to the questions I sent you a few weeks ago. It's just too bad no one else sent you any dot, dot, dot. Ooh, I think he just That's called a hint. everybody. He called everyone up. <laughs> he, he just he had thrown the gauntlet down. Wow, fighting words there, Mike. Um, <laughs> by the way, scientists have been talking about some interesting and possibly alarming things having to do with immortality for humans. You may want to look into it if you have not already. Regards, Mike. I have not actually been looking into it or hearing much about it. And I'm already immortal. I'm already online. I, I I would just as soon not be immortal. I mean, well, you know, I've been like, you know, taking my sword and chopping off the heads of the other immortals so I could be the last one. That's good. That's good. There can only be one. Well, I, everybody's gonna have a hobby. <laughs> Your hobby decapitate people. It's on his Facebook profile. Interest. Are you the, are you the Highlander? <laughs> Killing other aliens from planet. Oh, jeez, what was the name of that planet from Highlander 2? <laughs> I can't remember. Highlander 2, the sickening. <laughs> All right. Uh, so thank you very much, Mike. Uh, we yeah. will look into being immortal just for you, you know. That way we can keep doing these podcasts for all eternity. Just for you guys. <laughs> all right. Uh, we have another one. Uh, again, I haven't been sharing these with the guys, so they don't know I've even gotten these. But uh, this one's from Ruff. Our buddy Ruff. Question. Are your handles, Zook, etc., your actual names or handles? I thought they were so er, off the wall that they had to be handles. Uh, for example, Neo instead of Mr. Anderson. Um, no, actually, they are our names. Yeah, uh, I'm actually Zoner. <laughs> I'm actually Schmitty. You win. <laughs> no, I'm actually just... Captain America, but uh, you can call me Schmitty. <laughs> that is his legal name, Captain America. No one believes him, so he goes by Schmitty. No, they're actually <laughs> versions of our name. My full name, I'm Japanese, um, and my full name is typically unpronounceable to most people, or, or it doesn't flow really well. So I've just always gone by Zook, but it is the name I go by in real life, and, and it's also the name I've gone off, gone by on the 
online community since, you know, 99. Um, back when I, I used to be an administrator over at modern.net, computer modding website and bigtech.net, and uh, you'll always see me as Zook online. That's just... On Lights BBS a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, well, no, back then, I, I, I was Snowball. Snowball used to be my handle. But, uh, but no, Zook is actually my name, and each Back of these then guys. I was free Jack. <laughs> you were who? Free Jack. Wasn't that a really crappy movie? Like from the yes, bad. Yes, a really crappy movie. <laughs> the other guys, I won't go into detail because it's their names, but uh, they're all everyone else. I go by my first name or a nickname version of my first name, and everyone else goes by their last name. Yeah, Schmidty is based on my real last name, which is Schmidt. Um, so, and I've been called Schmitty ever since junior high days. So, if you listen to other podcasts that I'm on, you'll actually hear my full name. So, and I'm Zoner. I always have been, and probably always will be. I actually, no, I actually used to back in the day. I was an admin at a Star Wars collecting website uh, called JunlinWastes.com, and uh, I was known uh, among the Star Wars community as Darth Zoner. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, <fitting>. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, now, it, it, his wife calls him Darth Zoner <laughs> for the reasons <laughs> she doesn't like the dark side. Um, sorry, that went a little bit blue there. Uh, you know, <laughs> in all honesty, I find it just easier to to go by our actual names, and uh, I, I know a lot of people don't like to do that, but. This uh, let's be honest. This is a pretty tame podcast compared to some of the ones out there, and I believe I speak for all of us when I say you know we put ourselves online, we kind of make ourselves available, but we don't act in any way on the website or on the podcast in any way that we wouldn't act in person because anything but, you do online isn't private anyway. So hey, you know that's much to the chagrin of my mother. Yeah. yeah, where where do you learn this? Who taught you to be like this? I don't know you. Yeah, she doesn't. Like I learned that. it by watching you, Mom. <laughs> I learned it from watching you. <laughs> really old PSA. <laughs> I actually tried oh, to use that awful. phrase on my mom once, and she's like, "Well, then you would have, kn- then you would be doing more circle strafing because I taught you that." Um, <laughs> part two uh, of Ruff's email comments have you seen this and it's a link that I just gave the other guys and I'll put in the show notes as well Cablevision slash opt- Optinium Online is letting me watch TV on my Apple iPads or my Windows laptop they don't allow the app to install on desktops what have they got against desktops um, and he links to a, a website here for Optinium, and it's a app that allows him to, like he says, watch his cable either on an iPad or an Android or on a laptop, and it very specifically states, laptop. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they don't, they do have anything against desktops. I think probably whoever just wrote the page might be an idiot, because to my knowledge, there's no real way to block desktop app installations. No, yeah, you're right, because there's not a way to distinguish between a laptop and a desktop. It's it's a computer. Either would, way, would they be able to tell well, maybe by the processor? Or, well, I mean, no, because you can I, build a desktop using a mobile processor. Yeah, right? I, I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to think outside the box here. But okay, so I I think the point he's getting at is that there definitely is uh, a a kind of 
I mean, he's, he's using the different nomenclature for laptop versus desktop, but I, I think it's more of like a cultural type of thing. The reason I don't know. It, for me, it's like for, I think for a lot of people, doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I, I think for a lot of people in the entertainment industry, why would you be watching TV on a desktop? Why not just buy a TV, slacker? You know, whereas there's actually a real good reason to be watching TV on a laptop or a or a tablet. That's mobile. Except for the fact that most people in the geek community, most people who would be using an app like this, watch TV on any computer. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that actually, you know, I've I've got um, nerd rage issues this week regarding um, trying to watch The Dark Knight <laughs> on a desktop. Oh, wow, um, this rant was full blown. Hours, hours I spent, and thank you for your tip, Zook. That worked. Um, yeah, so I, I, <laughs> if you can't watch a movie you bought. Pirate it. <laughs> well, you know, I actually, tip, but <laughs> I ended up having to rip the DVD, and my normal DVD ripping software wasn't working because it's so freaking copy protected. But yeah. you know, I paid for it. Don't make me steal it. Yeah, I I, I wrote about that on a post back in uh, January. It was actually one of our most popular, uh, yeah. entitled "BR uh, Blu-ray DRM is an utter failure." Uh, where movies we bought, I couldn't play on a laptop. We bought to a TV. We bought because yeah. of the DRM. We had to rip the DRM out of it and rip full copies, thereby pirating the movie from the disc that we bought. So, um, yeah, anyway, it's, it's total garbage. Anyway, um, cheers, rough, rough. Not my real name. So he does use a handle, and that's okay. What his name's Pause. not. I thought for sure his name was Rough. Well, yeah, I was you know, hoping it was going to be at least a, a, a middle name or something. Well, you know, th- those Brits, they don't necessarily have uh, names too different than ours. They're all, you know, Latin or Hebrew-based, so... And Bob's your uncle. <laughs> I didn't know Rough was British. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so, um, he's also our economy expert. The one who told us to never talk oh, about economy again. Oh, he's the one who called us out, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yes. That was him? That was yeah. him. Economy expert, yes. Thank you for that. We are, sti- we are still severely chastised. Keeping us <laughs> humble. Next time we we uh, talk on take on a uh, an economy talking point, we'll, we'll invite him to the show or something. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for your questions. Again, feedback at StolenDroids.com. Or, or actually, as Mike likes to do, he just uses the contact form on StolenDroids.com. So we have a form right there you can contact us. So keep them coming. All right. Into our headlines. Uh as is the norm, our lead headline will be about RIM. <laughs> and a hilarious... <laughs> Who are they? A, a hilarious um, lawsuit that I didn't even know was in the works. All this doomsaying we've been doing about RIM for a year now, and I didn't even know that this lawsuit was in was going on. This lawsuit has been now going against information technologies, or from information technologies, spelled M-formation. Um, and it's been going on now for well, a couple of years now. And it's against research in motion. And they have just been... A, a court has said that, yes, uh, information is right. RIM, you infringed on their technologies. You infringed on their software patents. You uh, owe them $8 for every one of the 18.4 million units out there. 147.2 million. Yeah. The technology in question, the BlackBerry Enterprise Server. 
Oh, so it's not even the phone. <laughs> no, no. It, it's it's the software that the only software that RIM has left to its name that's worth anything. And information is saying, yeah, back early 2000s, early, early 2000s, we approached them. We said, hey, we have this technology. We think it would work well with your handsets. We'd like to license it to you. You guys said, no, we're not interested. And then six months later, came out with your own version of it. Wow, that's that's freaking brutal. And uh, You know, I'm almost amazed that any technology talks with another technology company, because a lot of, like, Hollywood companies and scripts and music companies they would not take unsolicited scripts or unsolicited music because they're trying to avoid this almost exact same thing where oh, well, you have a song or you have a story that sounds just like mine so I mean I'm not, I'm not saying that the, the lawsuit was without merit or anything but like I said I'm surprised that the technology companies even talk to each other now yeah because similar yeah. things can come out I don't think they should honestly but a lawyer for information has said that the jury's damage award is for royalties on past sales of devices to American customers excluding those in the government so not including government contracts like the military and higher executive branches damages for future sales outside the US and for government customers could increase the amount RIM must pay by two to three times do they have that much? <laughs> I'm sorry. We 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 don't we can't pay the money, but could we give you some playbooks? Because we happen <laughs> to have this warehouse full. <laughs> we'll mow your lawn. <laughs> wow. wow. We got five thousand people. We could send over to work for you for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would be awesome. Just do a settlement with um, playbooks. <laughs> It's the new bartering system, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'll, I'll pay you 12 cows and 14 playbooks. <laughs> this is a this is a 14 playbook executive. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we love France when they're not suing Google for uh, making awesome maps or not suing Google because they were peeing in their driveway and the street view car caught them. They are assaulting cyborgs. We come from France. There is a professor who has been studying uh, computer interaction with humans. Steve um, Man. Yeah, this is kind of... Imagine Google Glasses, only before Google Glasses ever started. He's actually attached a digital camera to one of his eyes, and it is mounted to his skull. So it's a Borg eyepiece. In a way of looking, yeah. He has medical papers. He has permission slips from doctors, because obviously he gets questioned a lot. The idea is is he's studying the effect of... What this camera does is it augments his reality. It gives him like a little overlay. It helps him identify things. And it has a really interesting side effect that when it's damaged, when for some reason it can't contact its uh, computer controller, it buffers the last X amount of time in its onboard memory. <laughs> that came in handy when he and his family were visiting a McDonald's in Paris. And well, there's the problem right there. <laughs> he was hey, he just wanted a little Royale with cheese. But um <laughs> thank you for getting the reference. <laughs> but so You're welcome. the McDonald's employees assaulted him. 
tried to rip the piece off his face. And remember, this is attached to his skull. Borg! 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 <laughs> or excuse me, Le Borg! Le Borg! Le Borg! <laughs> Borg! Um, took his doctor's notes, his medical papers, shredded them, crumpled and shredded them. Here's an idea. Wow. If you're going to try and beat up on a guy, don't do it to the guy who can record your faces just by looking at you. <laughs> they yeah, damaged yeah. they damaged the unit pretty heavily, and as a result, it buffered everything that happened. Yeah, he got he got captures of all of their faces and every almost every second that that went down there. Now, of course, he was still in France. Going to the police, they just kind of shrugged. They didn't do anything to him. But congratulations, France! You now have, I believe, the world's first documented hate crime against cyborgs. Another first in French technology. <laughs> you know, and, and okay, as Americans, we make fun of the French a lot. Okay, for good I, reason. I get that. I mean, yeah. um, <laughs> but let's face it: between this and your crappy video games, and peeing in your driveway, and suing Google for it, and throwing wooden shoes into machines, you guys don't have a great track record. I mean, the, we get we get the very word sabotage from you guys. <laughs> As we found out from Star Trek Six, yes, uh, uh, sabo, yeah, sabotage comes from workers throwing their sabots or wooden shoes into the working machines on assembly lines that they were afraid were going to take their jobs. Yeah. You guys hate technology. It's a wonder you're a first world nation. <laughs> Are they, Zook? You can write us at feedback at stolendroids.com. Okay. Um, In the subject line, say, hater, and we'll know. Je suis français hater. Ugly American. Strangely, hater is one French word I did not learn in my French class. I do remember je suis a nanana. Tu n'as pas nanana. Oui, je suis a nanana. <laughs> I like bananas. No, no, it's pineapple. A I'm pineapple. a pineapple. You are not a pineapple. Yes, I am a pineapple. Your high school education at work. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, there's an executive order in action. Uh, now, I have not actually read this, because I'm awesome at this job. So, who has? <laughs> well, I, the executive order actually is, like, really long and really boring. You'll remember how... Um, there's been a few bills that have come and gone, and there's been a lot of talk in Washington about um, the government having control of the Internet and the kill switch and all that fun stuff. Well, since no laws could actually get passed regarding that, um, our lovely President Obama went ahead and signed an emergency Internet control executive order. And um, So this they- didn't go through Congress. No, it did not. So, um, yeah, it's it's um, Section 5.2 specifically of the executive order, and there's a link uh, to the actual executive order on the White House's website. Um, basically, has raised an alarm that those who fear the government will have too much control over the web. Um, you know, they that this this could happen. So, um, currently, uh, the the Secretary of Homeland Security uh, will be able to 
quote-unquote satisfy priority communication requirements through the use of commercial, government, and privately owned communication resources when appropriate. Um, that's pretty vague, you know, when appropriate. Uh, yeah. You don't like that. <laughs> Who, who's to define what's appropriate? Yeah, it, it could it could be anywhere from, I mean, if, it, if it's to the point of, uh, you know, during state of emergency then who cares who's going to be on the internet anyway but if if when appropriate means um oh we're, we have a, a special ops going down and, and we need to uh cut everyone's access to netflix right now so we we have full interwebs it, it, yeah it, it can get really shady pretty quickly yeah i i'm not a big fan we all know i'm the, i'm the guy that likes government to stay the heck away and this causes me a lot of concern um as it probably rightly should so um yeah yay executive yay. orders i hate them <laughs> I, you know it's funny cause i was actually talking to somebody about it the other day that i work with and I, I i couldn't believe what i was reading and he's like yeah that's that's gotta be fake you know they they, they can't be real and no, it's real it i sent him the link to the white house he's like holy crap I mean, this is—it's a pretty big power grab, if you ask me. Yeah, uh, and it's not to get all political, but you always have to wonder the motives behind things like this. This is not the year you would expect something like this to be going into effect. Oh. You, you, Obama is up for re-election, right? Yeah, it, it is an election year. This is not the year you would expect for him to suddenly go and piss off the entire internet-dwelling public. Well, you know, the interesting thing about this, I haven't seen this reported anywhere except on Hacker News. I, I mean, I have not heard anything on talk radio, on the news, on anywhere so, else on the web. So without and trying so, to, like I said, not trying to get into the political side, do you wonder if maybe this was a constituent somewhere saying, hey, look, you do this for us, and we'll throw support your way because heaven knows you could use it right now. It, it could have, and the fact that it's flying under the radar like it has—I mean, I—I I don't know. I mean, I'm—I I like a good conspiracy as much as the next guy, but I'm just this—this this scares the living crap out of me, man. I think a big problem is when it comes to people in Capitol Hill and the internet. Is we don't actually—and I say we as like I said, the internet dwelling public. We don't actually have anyone up on Capitol Hill who's on our side. You have people, the reactions range, and I don't care if your representative or your congressman is a Democrat or Republican or where they are, if they're in the Senate or the House, it doesn't matter. The range of emotion goes from, I hate it, we need to censor it, to meh. Yeah, you know, there's no one really going up into the, no, 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 we can't do that side. The best we can hope for is meh. Yeah. So, um, call to action from everyone out there. You know, don't let up. They have to know that this is an issue. So. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, uh, somebody said, oh, well, you just don't like this because you don't like Ob Obama. I don't like this because it bypassed Congress entirely. It's I don't like the premise of it. I don't like anything about it. It could be freaking Ronald Reagan, not that he would do that. But, you know, George Washington doing this, and I would be opposed to it. It's, it could come it, with a free puppy, and we would still be opposing it. It's bad That news. idea is still a bad idea, no matter who proposed it. Though a government-mandated yeah. puppy would be pretty awesome. It would be like a cyber I don't puppy. know. I'm a cat person. You know, you can't force <laughs> me to buy a cat. So a cat force me to buy a, buy a puppy. new political debate. 
<laughs> is President Obama's dog measure a slap in the face to cat owners? <laughs> Next on Fox News. Okay. Uh, speaking to bow out of that one. <laughs> meanwhile, while you guys are talking about important things, I found a picture of a talking pineapple from that show. <laughs> Just squeeze it. No, no, no. Oh, that's what that is. I'm like, what the heck? It's a, but, it's okay. a talking pineapple. I'll put that, it in the show notes. That makes sense. It's, okay. a, it's like the it's like the height of can, French Canadian Muppet technology. They made a pa- pineapple, <laughs> <laughs> and it, I couldn't even identify what it was. I but, couldn't tell what it was either. I'm like, what? well, if you heard him talking, you would know that he was a pineapple. He refers to it many times in the show. He speaks in the pineapple accent. Okay. <laughs> There, there's our show title. Just squeeze it, na na na. We'll see how obscure it is for people. Um, okay. Speaking of obscure, no, that doesn't work. Sausage, Yahoo. <laughs> that would I for Yahoo sausage. Pineapple sausage. Ew. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Okay. So interestingly, Yahoo got a new CEO. We knew they were going to have to after they got rid of the last guy who lied about his resume, uh, who they used to replace the other person they fired over email. (laughs) This has just so many good, positive things to it. (laughs) Now, interestingly, it's not that they got a new CEO, because we knew they were going to have to. It's who they got as a new CEO. Marissa Mayer. You may not know her by name, but she has been one of the most public faces of Google since Google was founded. In fact, she's employee number 20 of Google. Yes. She was, what, the VP of uh, local maps and whatnot? Just, yeah, local maps yeah. and location services. Yeah. Yep. She, yep. She, I mean, she's, she's got a nice person. pedigree with Google. I mean, uh, Unfortunately, yeah. sources say that she was basically fed up with Google because she, she had topped out. She couldn't go any higher in the company, which for someone who had been there that long and is that important... It's kind of surprising, but uh, so now she adds. She's now been added to a list of uh, the few female CEOs in Silicon Valley. I just I feel bad for. Her. I wish she could have uh, gone into a better company than this. I mean, it could they be worse. On Rim. <laughs> yeah, it could be AOL or Rim, but uh, they're really the only two people who are worse off than Yahoo right now. Yeah, yeah. I would have seen her go into Facebook or Twitter, but Yahoo. Come on, Marissa, you can do better than that. <laughs> well, you know, the interesting thing about this is I was reading um, an op-ed piece on VentureBeat um, basically saying that the reason that she went to Yahoo is because she wants the power of being the CEO. She's put her time in, and nobody's arguing that, but she went there for the power. And, you know, and I don't, you know. I don't fault her for that at all. I don't blame her. I worry, though, it's like, yeah, you're captain of a ship, congratulations. Your ship is half underwater. Yes, it's like you replaced the the captain of the Titanic after they hit the... Well, I wouldn't say it's that bad. It's not RIM. <laughs> it's not RIM style. But, but um, you know, it's just... It's an interesting choice, and, you know, she's... I, I would think that Yahoo would have gone with somebody that's got experience, I don't know, pulling things out of fires, you know, maybe. Or, yeah, unfortunately, those kind of people are far and few between now in the tech world. They, 
They really are. But, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping, and I, I'm wishing her all the best, but I, I'm really hoping that her um, background with with um, innovation and outside-the-box thinking that Google is famous for can come in and, and really help help Yahoo to turn it around. Now, it points out here in this uh, in this Yahoo Press article that she was... Um she was in charge. She managed some of Google's most impressive and successful launches: the toolbar, uh, product search, iGoogle, Google News, Gmail. She did, she well, actually rid of iGoogle. Well, yeah, but it just simply outlived its usefulness. It's not that it was a bad idea. It's just things have moved on. Um, but she's responsible for creating a lot of the look and feel of Google. That's great, and more power to her. I'm, I really do have all the admiration in the world for her. My concern is. As someone who does not know business and or economy or design, what can she then bring to Yahoo? Because she can't bring Google's look and feel to Yahoo, right? Because then no, everyone's just going to say you're a Google clone, and well, they kind of are anyway right now. <laughs> no, but she can, she can bring her skills as a spokesperson and, and uh, a life giver, if you will, uh, to to a, a near dying Yahoo. But as so. a, the problem is, as Rim is currently showing us, a failing company needs something more than a spokesperson. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Well, and synergy. <laughs> speaking of life givers, she announced also that she's due to give birth in October. Yeah. I, is that? I mean, is she going to take six month maternity leave? I mean, <laughs> well, congratulations to her on both the promotion yes. and you know her upcoming child. But it does. It doesn't feel like a permanent placement through no fault of her own. And if it sounds like we're really defending her, it's because we like her. We really do hope that she we does great. We want Yahoo to succeed, you know? I don't care about Yahoo. I want her to <laughs> succeed. But I don't think Yahoo is set in any way to succeed. But, you know what? She may completely prove us wrong. In a couple months, they may roll out some kind of roadmap that has them on the fast track to success. So, I want Yahoo to yeah. succeed. They were, my, they were my first virtual pool game. They were my first email. <laughs> well, hey, you know, and everyone has those memories. My wife and I, you know, back when we were dating, we would chat over Yahoo Messenger and play, yeah, you know, the Yahoo games against each other while we were chatting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everyone knows Yahoo, but... Yes. Yeah. Um, also, just a side note, she's my age. She's 37. So she's one of the younger ones. But you're you're they, old, but she's she's young though. It she, is really really <laughs> depressing when I look at my life and I think I just manage beta tests for a living, and she's worth like three hundred million dollars or some sick amount like that, and she's CEO of Yahoo. Yeah, that makes me feel like maybe I made some bad choices. Are you CEO of Zoner? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Zoner I'm not. Inc. I am not CEO of anything. You are co-host on a moderately successful podcast. <laughs> it's killing Rim right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, just knowing that I have the power to bring down Rim, that's all I need. <laughs> I need to like, like get like a model sword or a sword replica and like give it a plaque. It's like Rimbane. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. A interesting paper was published from uh, from the Air Force. Well, rather, the Air Force didn't publish it, but because it is 
put out there that a private citizen group found it and published it. And since it's not dealing with anything classified, it's okay. With the advent of social media making it so easy for servicemen and women to contact their loved ones and family members at home, they've started doing that, you know. This way is kind of ingenious because this way the military doesn't have to put in place the resources to allow people to video chat or to update their statuses or keep in touch with loved ones because social media already allows it. Unfortunately, it turns out a lot of service people have been inadvertently leaking sensitive information in their status posts or their updates or their pictures. So much so Just that... Just got the new nuclear launch codes. They are. <laughs> but, uh, Check in on Foursquare. <laughs> but, uh, Just running black ops. Check in on the secret <laughs> compound. <laughs> so Here we are. Not a bad... <laughs> SEAL Team 6 has just uh, taken over this compound as mayor. Has taken over uh, as mayor from Osama Bin Laden. Bin Laden's going, uh, what? What? (laughs) But, um, so they released a 41-page guideline for how you should post online. Basically not... It's kind of interesting. The reason I added this in here is because it's kind of cool that they're like, you know, we want you to use it. We want you to stay in touch with loved ones. We want those things. However, we don't want you uploading a picture of you and the guys from your forward operating base to your to wherever because you can actually pull geodata, latitude and longitude from pictures. Most cam- most phones and cameras now include that, and people can look at it and say, "Oh, this forward operating base, it's right here." <laughs> or or pictures, things in the background, or any kind of details. So. It's meant for the military, it's meant for the Air Force, but actually it's not a bad idea for anyone to read. Yeah, it's a good set of basic rules kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you know, I and I remember I used to actually be a government contractor for the Air Force, and I remember they were sending out emails like all the time, stop posting stuff that's sensitive. I mean, this this isn't anything new. The fact that it's it's now public knowledge that they're saying don't be stupid. I mean that's that's new, but but yeah, they've they've actually been concerned about this for a while. Yeah. So um, there's that, which is kind of cool. Um, also, uh, more Apple news. I like apples; they're yummy. Yes, apples are yummy. Uh, this is oh, apple. Yeah. Just, they got burned by a judge. They got burned <laughs> totally by a judge. And I'm not sure how I feel about this. Uh, Backtracking, in a story we did not report on last week, a judge in the UK voted, uh, ruled that Samsung did not copy the Apple iPad because the Samsung product simply isn't as cool as the iPad. Like, literally, that's what he said. This product isn't nearly as cool as the iPad, so they must not have copied it because it just isn't, it isn't very cool. Isn't that the Microsoft defense now? Yeah. Well, he's gone one <laughs> step further and now said that he now that Apple now needs to put up on their website that Samsung didn't copy them. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Underneath it's going to be a link to an Amazon page where you can go and buy yourself a Samsung. <laughs> well, basically he's telling Apple to advertise for Samsung on their sites. Now, here's the thing. On one hand, I would feel like that would be kind of awesome if U.S. judges started doing that to the patent trolls here. 
saying that mm-hmm. not only am I not agreeing with you, you now need to pay for advertisement telling everyone that, no, they did not copy you. On the other hand, that seems awfully cruel. Because if you look at the Samsung device, it would, the original one in question, because Samsung now has a whole host and slew of devices that look nothing like iPads, the original one did look like an iPad. Mm-hmm. And if Apple wanted to sue them for potential infringement then that was their prerogative. And to punish them like this, it it almost seems unprofessional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I So I'm kind of torn. I don't know what you guys feel. I'm, I'm... Yeah, it's kind of you know, interesting to set a precedent. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's going to happen again, but... <laughs> I just... Mm. I, I don't. I don't know where you could, where else in the world you could possibly get away with this. You know, you, you wouldn't want uh, if an actor France? and a studio. Well, maybe if an actor <laughs> and a studio got in a spat about it, and for whatever reason, like uh, a guild or a court or whatnot, sided with the studio, you wouldn't make the actor then take a thirty-second TV ad saying that, "Hey, I'm an <laughs> idiot. Sorry." <laughs> Hi, I'm Hugh Grant. <laughs> I sued so-and-so, and now I have to tell you that they don't suck after all. <laughs> I'm Troy McClure. <laughs> you may remember me from such wonderful films. Oh, Phil Hartman. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how to feel about this. Obviously, Apple is trying to appeal it. They don't want to do it either. So, And I don't think they will, honestly. I think they'd probably rather play, pay a fine. Um, into interesting Star Trek news. we got to hurry on this one. Yeah, basically they were interviewing uh, Trek Movie was interviewing Robert Orkey, the one of the one of the authors who wrote uh, um, the last Star Trek movie and the next Star Trek movie. And in the interview, he actually stated that the comic books, which he is actually overseeing and helping to write things for, not actually doing you know the actual line by line writing, but helping with story stuff, has actually declared them canon and. That's a new thing because in the past, uh, they've always declared that the books and the comics and the games are not canon. And one of the weird things that really that made me think about that, that popped in my head when this first came up is that Pocket Books actually had an entire line of new novels based in the new universe. They were just getting ready to release. Some of them were completely done. They'd already paid all the authors for. And then all of a sudden, uh, Paramount came by and said, yeah, all the books, yeah, you can't release them. Uh, just go ahead and trash them. And I'm wondering if it might be for this whole canon thing. Oh, and uh, the other big thing that he was talking about, as he was talking about some serious uh, discussions going on about regarding Star Trek returning to TV. Cool. Yeah, so is, is it going to return? Or? So just uh, he's, talk, he's, he's talked about how they've become serious and uh, I don't know if you guys know this but the two authors who wrote that also wrote the Transformers Prime animated series. Have you guys seen that series? I have not, no. It's really, really good actually. We saw it on Netflix and my daughter was so excited she actually went out and, and, and found the other ones and was watching them the second season was watching them as well they're very well written if they have their hands in an animated Star Trek series it could be very well done as well yeah that would be cool to, to see <laughs> very so very so they were cool. talking animated series and then again a possible live series but animated series would probably happen first so cool 
All right, we are running late here. Uh, we still have a fast lane and talking point to get to, but we also want to talk briefly about Comic-Con news. These are the top stories from our opinion. Um, first off, Molly Quinn from Castle um, has landed the role for a new animated movie as Supergirl. Personally, I'd like to see her as Supergirl in a live-action movie, but that's me. She also she's, has, she's a redhead, though. I mean, ye, like that's not ye. fixable. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, I actually got really excited when I heard that because I was hoping that it would be a live action. But yeah, unfortunately, it's not. You can also catch really awesome pictures of her uh, in her steampunk outfit at Comic Con this year. Uh, very, very to die for. Not surprising. The uh, big burly man dressed as a steampunk sheriff next to her is her dad. <laughs> who evidently escorts her through every Comic-Con. Marvel... Rightfully so. <laughs> could, rightfully could you so. imagine how she must get mauled at Comic-Con without her big, burly dad there? <laughs> I mean, not as much as Felicia Day, but... yeah, <laughs> Probably close. Um, her her schoolgirl outfit with the katana one year was... Oh, wow. Yeah, it was... It was I mean... Anyway, um... Oh, I feel so dirty. I'm uh, going on to Marvel <laughs> news. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy art was released. Um, they evidently are going f- full force on this whole hog. Uh, we have, uh, was it? Uh, we have Rocky Raccoon, uh, Rocket Rocket Raccoon, Rocket Raccoon. We have, uh, oh jeez, what's his name? The tree, ant. the ant, Gorned. Oh. I, I can't remember. You know, I I have I am not as familiar with um, Guardians of the Galaxy as as one might expect me, but I'm a DC guy, so and no one uh, really is, which is why it's so surprising they're going this way. But uh, they also have uh, Iron Man three coming out. They and they showed the armor off, which is already hitting some pretty harsh reactions. Looks very sleek. It's going to be the Mark eight, I think, and. Um, I don't know. Very, very gold. Uh, Thor, The Dark World, should be coming out the end of 2013. Captain America Winter Soldier, coming out the beginning of 2014. Uh, That's the storyline where Bucky comes back, if I remember. Mm -hmm. Yes, and and I'm actually pretty excited for that. I I think that should be pretty fun. That's the one where uh, Captain America kind of leaves the military, right? He goes out on his own, or he's presumed yeah. dead. I thought they're they're um, looking to cast the Falcon as well in that. So I mean, it it should be a pretty should be a pretty fun one. Mm-hmm. And finally, Ant Man. Yay! Who evidently <laughs> my daughter really likes. Without Nathan Fillion. Yeah. <laughs> um. Kind of cool during the uh, Iron Man three uh, panel, Robert Downey Jr. actually made an entrance as Tony really Stark. Cool. Really Did he fly down in from the ceiling? No, uh, he, no. But he, he watched the came, video. Yeah, he came strutting up from the back, wearing an Iron Man glove. And oh, no, he's he's very <laughs> Tony Stark style. Very <laughs> Tony Stark. So very very cool. Um, what what they also showed some footage from Iron Man three where basically bits of armor are flying to him. They're flying onto him. 
kind of like the end of Iron Man or Avengers, right? Kind of, yeah. But the idea is is that he can be anywhere, and the armor will attach himself to it, which is kind of the whole nano suit idea that they've, they've played with. Yeah. Um, and finally, Nathan Fillion is awesome. Uh, news has come out that uh, if you were at Comic Con and you saw Nathan Fillion and he was on his way to a panel and he couldn't stop to talk to you. He would like shake your hand or whatnot, and he'd give you a business card. And the business on the back of the business card was oh, actually on the front of the business card uh, was please accept my apologies. Comic Con is an amazing event, but it does place unique responsibilities on me. While I would relish the chance to stop for a photo, to sign something, or even just chat, my responsibilities lie with the scheduled events organized to reach as many fans as possible who have waited patiently in line, sometimes for more than an hour. Instead, please find my autograph on the back of this card, tell your friends we met, and had a laugh. I'll back you up. Nathan Fillion. <laughs> and that was really cool. Pictures have been starting to come out on the internet with these things. That's really nice. Yeah. Very, very cool. And of course, uh, they, they, Firefly had their 10-year reunion panel, which I watched in its entirety. It's a lot of fun. So, Also kind of cool, and I'll leave this real fast here, um, that uh, um, Adam Savage from Mythbusters went incognito. Mm-hmm. He dressed up as a ring wraith and was just kind of milling about and walking through crowds of people, and no one had any clue who he was. They actually had a Twitter thing from the from the Mythbusters Twitter saying, "Find Adam Savage, he's in costume." Yeah, and then they give clues of where to look for him. And then later, he was dressed as a very awesome picture of the Rocketeer. Mm-hmm. So it was very good. Very, one very of cool. us, one of us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to jump straight into the fast lane here. We don't have time for commercials, um, so I will start right off. Uh, Best Buy is now distributing copies of Google Chrome on CD. Uh, this should help your parents who can't download a program to use to browse the Internet from the Internet. <laughs> NASA has released a new game for the Xbox Connect that will allow you to live through the terrifying seven-minute descent of their new Martian rover. If that sentence right there isn't awesome enough for you, check out check your pulse because you might be dead. Rotten Tomatoes had to shut down their commenting section on Dark Knight Rises after a couple of reviewers posted less than glowing comments. Fans of the movies immediately started sending death threats, showing just how mature comic book fans are. And Rush Limbaugh recently made comments on his show that The Dark Knight Rises is a calculated piece of propaganda against Mitt Romney, pointing out that the villain is named Bane, which he states is an obvious attack on Romney's venture capital company, Bane. Maybe we should redirect some of those Rotten Tomato members. <laughs> Different spellings, people. Uh, what? <laughs> Windows 8 has an official release date of October 26th. Start prepping your parents now. They're going to be messing with their computers a lot when the update hits. <laughs> okay, our talking point this week. Um, we've briefly touched on this before, more just kind of griped on it, but it seems that every time a new movie comes out, it's a reboot. And we kind of wondered why that is. Uh, news has been circulating around for a bit, and it's been kind of confirmed, which is what inspired this, is that... Um, when Nolan's Batman trilogy comes out, when the Dark Knight trilogy ends, they're going to find someone else to make new Batman movies, and it's going to be another reboot. Are they going to do that because of the fact that they still want to do a Justice League movie? Well, and 
you could say that, except for the fact that it's not just Batman. It's everything. Spider-Man came out, reboot it. Um, X-Men First Class came out, let's reboot it. Which, I want to... They're, they're rebooting Fantastic Four, they're rebooting... Uh, they're rebooting Daredevil. Daredevil. They're, do, they're, I mean, doing, they're doing Total Recall. Schmitty, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I wanted to point out that, okay, um, you mentioned Spider-Man and we mentioned Total Recall. Technically, those two aren't considered reboots. They're reimaginings. Re- well, Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man was based on a completely different canon than the first Spider-Man was. Um, and the Total Recall, which might be considered a remake, is actually going clo- more closely off of the book than was the first movie. So, in, in a way, it's kind of doing okay. it better, doing I, it right. I'd, I'd be willing to, to give those up. But then what about RoboCop? RoboCop is a complete yeah. reboot. Yeah, you, you, I'll give you that one. Um, when Batman <laughs> I'll give you all the be- others. Batman begins. It's like, okay, we, we're away. Let's let's do that. The only one in recent history that was different was Superman Returns, and it bombed. So what are they doing? Rebooting. Reboot. And yeah. And it's like I, at first I wanted to say, look, they went through what twenty Bond films before needing to reboot. Why can't mo- more people do that? Then I realized, but then they rebooted them. <laughs> So the question is, yeah. is, why do they keep needing to do that? Why can't they, like the original Star Trek movies, just continue on with new, different writers, different cast and sometimes, and different directors? Bond was able to do it for 40 years. Well, James Bond's just a Gallifreyan. Um, but, uh, <laughs> thank you, I'm glad somebody laughed. Uh, actually, the, the Bond is a good example of that whole thing. It, it, the fact that they were able to just go ahead and just slip another one in and slip another one in, and it kind of kept them a little bit modern for the times. And technically, they didn't reboot Bond until the new Daniel Craig movies. Right. And even then, they kind of just... Even they, did, they, didn't really, they didn't really make a deal about it. They just said, okay, here's the new Bond. This is how he liked getting getting into his vodka martini, or his uh, sh- uh, shaken martinis. And uh, how he got to drive the Aston Martins and stuff like that. Yeah, you're right. It <laughs> yeah, wasn't much it, of a reboot. It wasn't like an origin it, story. Yeah. Yeah, and and I, I tell you what, I am so sick of origin stories. We all know that Batman's parents were killed. We all know Peter Parker got bit by a spider. We all, you know, we all know that Cal came from Krypton. Mm-hmm. We know this. These characters have been around longer than many of us have. We know their origin story. We don't need a new origin every three years in the theater. When they did the new Sherlock TV series, they did not give us the intro to Sherlock. I mean, they, they, yeah, they, they talked about the two characters coming together, but they didn't tell you how Sherlock grew up. Yeah. They just, yeah. boom, threw you right into the Sherlock series. If you want to know the origin, there's the internet, there's uh, billions of other Sherlock movies. We <laughs> yeah, should I mean, totally when... have a Star Wars origin movie. <laughs> <laughs> What happened to the Star Wars? Are Christopher Nolan. <laughs> yeah, Christopher Nolan reboots Star Wars. Birth of It'll Yoda. be dark and gritty. Give <laughs> <laughs> some whole young and, punk on the streets. <laughs> the whole dark and gritty thing worked for Empire Strikes Back. So. Well, this is true. <laughs> and to a lesser degree in Revenge of the Sith, actually. But anyway, yes. so... Is it... Ne- let me play devil's advocate then. Is it necessary... Because a lot of the times, time has passed. I mean, you couldn't go from Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin 
into Batman Begins. It, it too much no, time no. had passed, and it and ended on such a yeah. It was such a sour note. Well, and I talk about this in a post up on up on the site today, but I, I seriously and honestly believe that Batman and Robin almost killed the comic book movie. Yeah, I mean, completely. It was that bad. They had no choice but to do a reboot. I, I agree with you, I, and I, I think you brought it up in the post that you know there's so many crappy comic book movies out there now. It's almost like the directors are just just getting it out there just to get a fast buck because they know it will sell. Yeah. Whereas if they actually spent the money and time to make a good movie, there'd be less of them, but they would make more money (laughs) because they're better. One of the things that surprised me is how fast we had a new Hulk movie after the first Hulk movie from about, what was it? It was was seven or eight years ago that that bombed. Yeah, 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 that was bad. Yeah. There were two years between those two movies. And now we're going to get another Hulk, even though this new Hulk is pretty awesome. But uh, we're going to get but, another Hulk movie. But with the, with the Incredible Hulk, it wasn't really a reboot of, of the Hulk franchise. There was no origin. You've got a different actor, granted. That's very true. But, but it was just kind of, okay... This is this is the Incredible Hulk. This is what he does. There was no origin. There You're was none of that right. daddy Hulk, issue crap. Hulk is the first one that they did not reboot. They just kind of said that didn't happen. <laughs> Told another story. <laughs> well, yeah. That's what they did. They said that first movie didn't happen. They didn't ignored it. At all. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> the second well, movie and, did happen in continuity. And and the thing is, you know, they they've actually talked about with Iron Man. If Robert Downey Jr. decides I no longer want to play Tony Stark, they they actually the the quote was or the expression that they used was we're going to bond him. We'll just bring in a new actor. We're not going to reboot it. We've got a good thing going. Let's not start fresh. Mm-hmm. There's no need to start fresh, Hollywood. You've got good stuff. Just go with it. Well, yeah. sometimes you got good stuff. You think you think that's been a problem with previous uh, comic book movies where they have an actor in mind, where or maybe the actor played the first movie. And they couldn't get him signed on, well, and let, so they just either gave up. Or let, let, let me t- let me tweak Schmidty's question there because I think I know what it is you're saying or you're asking. But do you think maybe it's just because finally they have a good property? It could be. It could be. I mean, the Batman franchise. The first you had Tim Burton do two movies, and then Schumacher took over and made two um, abortions. Um, That's feedback at StolenDroids.com. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, they they had three different actors in four movies play Batman. I mean, it, they didn't reboot the franchise at all. So, I mean, it, they, it can be done. They kind of needed to. They Well, I mean, Tim Burton. I, I don't hate the Tim Burton movies. And I'm not a big Tim Burton fan, but I actually I, I kind of like them. They've, they've got the darkness that that I think suits Batman really well. And but, the best-looking uh, Batmobile of any of the films. I agree there. Um, but, you know, you bring Joel Schumacher in, and he tried, oh, yeah, the 60s were great with the camp. Let's try and bring some of that back in. And, oh, wow, let's put black lights and all this crap. And You just <laughs> yeah, didn't I, like the bat nipples. Oh, oh. Why, why didn't have Batgirl have nipples on her too? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> At the time, she could barely fit into the suit. Uh, she almost nippled all, all over. Um, 
<laughs> Feedback at stolen droids. <laughs> We're yeah, I'm, I'm doing great here tonight. Maybe it, it's possible that perhaps they had to keep rebooting because all their previous ones sucked, and once they finally get one that doesn't suck, they don't need to reboot anymore. I mean, yeah, that could be, and and you know, and, and I can understand why they may be looking to reboot. Um, Fantastic Four, Batman, the Batman franchise after Chris Nolan is done, because and I've said it before, they're not superhero movies; they're crime dramas with a superhero in them. Yeah, well, they've I been mean, wanting to do a world's finest movie for a while, and then they're, they're going to have to get a new new Batman and a new Superman for that anyway. That yeah, should be, I, that should be the next movie for Batman and Superman. It should be world's finest. That that yeah. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I I really think that you know DC really needs to get their crap together when it comes to movies, and we've talked about that. I mean, we don't need to beat that dead horse anymore. See, it's I would, dead. I would love to see a world's finest movie, and there was a couple comic book uh, storylines that did this, and a few of uh, the animated series that did this, where Superman wears the cowl and mm-hmm. has to act like Batman because Batman's missing or something. You know, and, he, and he ends up scaring the crap out of Gotham, Gotham criminals. Because well, the, in the uh, I Am Legend movie that came out, with the Will Smith movie that came out a couple years ago, because it was set about you know five years in the future, they actually had a world's finest billboard in the background because the movie was released by uh, Warner Brothers. Oh, that's right, that's right. And kind of to tie in last week's episode, I, it, it, that would make a really good miniseries too. Very true. Ooh, yes. Very true. Okay. Well, we need to. We want to hear what your thoughts are. Are reboots necessary, or are they just kind of beating a horse there? Uh, and really, it could go either way. I, I would understand any argument. But feedback at stolendroids.com. Into our favorites, the Nexus Seven has launched and has hit many, many tech reviewers, and has also been given to anyone who was at Google I/O conference. In the grand tradition of the internet, all these reviewers then put out videos unboxing it, because everyone loves unboxing videos. The problem is, is that evidently Google designed this box to never be opened. So there's this great... Oh, it's childproof! There's this great... Everyone laughs that Apple actually hires engineers to develop a box that is pleasing to open and and is nice aesthetically. There's a reason for it, and this video is hilarious as you watch people, tech people, who have done this for years, literally like trying to shake the thing out of the box. No one can seem to open this thing up. And even after you've gotten it out of the box, you can't get it out of the wrapping. So it is hilarious. Starts a little slow. Halfway through, you'll just start laughing, I promise. Yeah, you know, when I get a $200 piece of technology, the thing I like to do is shake it out of the box. <laughs> like on Christmas morning, yeah. Exactly. Um, kind of keeping with our theme tonight, with our talking point, um, there was, my favorite this week is a fan film starring Thomas Jane. Um, you may remember Thomas Jane played the Punisher, and he was probably the best Punisher among them, much better than Dolph Lundgren. Um and better than the other guy that they got for the other one that they did. Um, yeah, he um, did a fan film, about 10 minutes long, 12 minutes long. It is absolutely awesome of him playing the Punisher, and he straight up punishes. Um, warning, it does have some somewhat graphic violence and there is some strong language so you may want to be careful where you view the video uh, 
but it is great. Check it out, and let's have Marvel give us another Punisher movie with Thomas Jane. A reboot. Okay. Uh, my favorite is actually was actually filmed in Utah uh, by a filmmaker that I know, and uh, he sent me the link saying, hey, I think you might get a kick out of this. And essentially, it's a musical group that does uh, various uh, pop songs and the like, but on violins and other classical instruments. And the really cool thing about this video, and, and I, I wasn't expecting this when I, when I first watched it, the entire thing is done cyberpunk style. And it's Lady Gaga's Bad Romance done on violins, and the violins are all cyberpunked up, or excuse me, steampunked up. My apologies, steampunked up, and uh, so la- last week we were asked about steampunk, and, and yeah, this is this is kind of neat, kind of cool looking. That's cool. It's done at one of the oldest mansions in in Utah too, so mm-hmm. it's awesome. All right, so uh, my favorite, um, it's a, a new. Uh, I, I guess they're doing weekly episodes of this um, on on the Geek and Sundry website. Um, two guys by the name of Will Bowles and Josh Flaum are doing a series called Written by a Kid, where they take a story that has been written by a kid, and then they go on to, to completely produce it and and have actors acting it out and everything. They even have Joss, Joss Whedon in this first episode, and uh, it's called Scary Smash. Uh, it Again, written by a kid, and it's it's hilarious, and it's, it's, it's awesome what they're doing. They'll have more of them, so check it out and uh, subscribe to it. So. Very cool. All right. Well, um, thank you for joining us this week. I think it was a pretty fun podcast. I hope you agree. Uh, if you don't, feedback <laughs> at StolenDroids.com. Again, more questions. We love answering your questions every week. Uh, check us out on Facebook, close on Twitter. Thanks again to our friends at uh, Stitcher.com, OakBookAudio.com, CryptonRadio.com, and TrekRadio.net. Until next week, cheers. Have a one. One to beam up. Good day. Take another check.